Hello, I'm John Perry. And I'm Ken Taylor. Coming up after the news, it's Philosophy Talk. Our topic today, evolution and the human mind. Many people think that the human mind is really unique, really special, unlike anything else in the natural world. But evolutionary psychology says the human mind isn't so special. It was designed by natural selection, just like any other biological organ, and it was designed a long time ago, 10,000 years back in the Stone Age. That's really pretty amazing. We're sitting here in a 21st century radio studio talking on microphones out over the airwaves, and yet it's our Stone Age minds evolved on a savanna that explain everything we do and say? That's what the evolutionary psychologist says. Are we stuck with those Stone Age brains? And would it be such a bad thing if we were? We'll discuss these questions and more with our guest, Lita Cosmides, when Philosophy Talk continues after the news. appropriate song given our topic today, which is the evolution of the human mind. Uh, you're listening to Philosophy Talk, the program that questioned everything. Except your intelligence. I'm John Perry. And I'm Ken Taylor. We're coming to you, as always, from the studios of 91.7 KALW, San Francisco's oldest, most innovative public radio station. Continuing conversations that we began with our little Stone Age brains uh, at Philosopher's Corner on the Stanford campus. And then we leave the Stone Age and come to the modern radio, and from modern radio we migrate to the blog, hyper-modern stuff. Uh, visit our blog, theblog.philosophytalk.org. Don and I will both post something up there after the show, I think. Well, that's optimistic, Ken, because I I'm really have to be educated today. You need to explain to me a little about what evolutionary psychology is before we get started. I mean, I know what evolution is. Uh, Hume told us that psychology, that's learning. You know, you see things and then you learn from what you see. I mean, what's the big deal? And you know about Darwin, right? And you think if you just put Darwin and Hume together, you've got it. Yeah. Well, it's not quite that way because Hume says the mind starts out as kind of a blank slate. That wasn't his vocabulary, but he thought there was nothing in the mind at all except some capacities to associate ideas. But evolutionary psychology teaches us that there's a lot of stuff already in the mind that the that the that the that natural selection puts there. And the reason it puts it there is, look, think about life, any kind of animal life. It faces four problems that called the four Fs. It's got a, it's the feeding, fleeing, fighting, uh, reproducing worry. You've got to be able to recognize what's food and what isn't. You've got to be able to know wh whether the fight or flee, who's a foe, who's a friend. And you've got to be able to recognize who are potential mates. And you've got to come prepared to recognize that stuff. So natural selection designs all this stuff in our brains in advance to help us solve those problems. So, so the picture is that way back in Stone Age times, uh, way back when humans evolved, they evolved already from animals that had solved these problems for, for their own particular circumstance. And then what was specifically human evolved on top of that. And it, it, was, it was, given the timescale of evolution, that, that's all happened way back in the past. All, all the things we do are based on that. Yeah, so, you know, our ability to reason, our moral sense... Our, our ability to, you know, again, decide who's a friend, who's a foe, to, to engage in kind of mutual cooperative activity, all that stuff was built into us by natural selection. 
And it did it by not doing this Humean thing, by uh, designing this general purpose mechanism. Some evolutionary psychologists claim that you couldn't evolve a general purpose mechanism. Well, given that we don't just have a general purpose mechanism, do we all have the same special purpose mechanisms? Uh, for example, could women and men have basically different kind of minds on this kind of explanation? Well, that's a, that's a good question. That's a good question. And, you know, to help us start to answer that question and think about it, we'll turn, as always, to our roving philosophical reporter, Amy Standen. She files this report. If you doubt that your brain is working according to ancient, evolved patterns, grab a member of the opposite sex and do some exploring. You can either do this in a virtual city or real city or... Lucy Jacobs is a professor of psychology at UC Berkeley. Any way you do it, men will go out and come back having explored a city and be able to draw a map of the main arteries and have the distances correct and the angles, the big, big landmarks. Whereas females will come back and they might get the distances wrong, but they'll have much more fine-grained detail. For example, I go to a, a new city and I walk out of my hotel and I will remember that it was this shop and then I passed a cafe and then there was a bus stop and then there was um, the museum. And I'll remember all of that. And I'll be able to recognize them again and I could reproduce them accurately, but I wouldn't necessarily know the, the compass direction. It's going out into the same environment and bringing back two sets, of like harvesting different information. And we aren't the only ones. Males and females in many other polygamous species, and we humans are generally considered polygamous, do the same thing. Lucy Jacobs says it's a sex-specific behavior that we've evolved over time. What you see in polygamous mammals is that males actually compete with other males by running around and making maps of where the females are. And females has to stay in a small area and raise the, um, her young. And what she actually wants to do is to maximize kind of the harvesting rate of that area. So she wants to know where everything is exactly, keep track of the changes of resources over time. We may have language and the ability to fly airplanes, but if you look at our basic brain functioning, we're really just another animal. The basics of how you organize your day, uh, how you uh, respond emotionally to your family, to the people you work with, how you move in space, how you respond to simple decisions like what do I eat in this restaurant, all these kinds of things that really take up a large part of our daily psyche, we probably have in common with all other mammals. The way you might respond to going into a social gathering where someone launches a verbal attack on you, I mean, that's not any different than a wolf walking into its pack and someone giving it a, a nasty threat and a bite or something like that. And the same systems are going to be evoked in the body. The same neurotransmitter is going to be released and, and you know, same stress hormones and all the rest of that. You know, most of what we do, there's a huge amount of unconscious processing that goes on. Um, when you think you've made a decision consciously, it turns out you haven't. Which leaves us with the questions, well, what about us is ours alone? Are we individuals of free will or just acting out on our evolutionary programming? For Philosophy Talk, this is Amy Standen. Want to hear more? You can hear the rest of the program by purchasing it at iTunes Music. Or, for unlimited listening, become a subscriber at philosophytalk.org.